Hey, Anna, I made it back from my Grand Canyon adventure to good old Cincinnati. It's good to be home. Oh, really? Nah. From the studios of Cincinnati Public Radio, I'm Dean Regis, and this is Looking Up. And I'm Anna Heeman. Dean and I work at the oldest public observatory in the United States, the Cincinnati Observatory, where I'm the executive director and he is sharing all the knowledge about the stars and planets as our astronomer. We share the wonders of the universe with thousands of people every year, and now we're doing the same with this podcast. And we are so excited to be heading into a new year talking space and all things space science related. Today, we are joined by Night Sky Lead and Park Ranger at Grand Canyon National Park, Raider Lake. So you're really not excited to be home? All right, I'm just kidding. I just Come throwing on. it out there. I, I was ex- I was ready to get back. I miss Cincinnati, and I uh, came back. I am already missing the Grand Canyon, though. Oh my was, God, pick a lane. Uh, it was tough. I mean, I was out there for. I was gone about a month from Cincinnati. That's, a, that's the longest time I've been away from home, and uh, I think ever actually. I don't think I've ever been really? on such a long trip before. Um, so I was pretty happy to get back to Cincinnati, but then I get back to our lovely, lovely winter weather here where it's cloudy almost every single day. It was like 70 for Christmas. Like, calm down. I know. But, uh, but cloudy. That's the thing. And so, uh, I definitely missed, uh, you know, when I was out there, uh, as their astronomer in residence living at the Grand Canyon for 22 nights, it was so clear. Oh my gosh. We had so many clear nights. Um, so I definitely missed that part of it. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. I mean, you said you missed it. You even, I mean, when we talked when you were out there, you were like, yeah, I'm kind of like, I'm ready. Yeah. It, it was, it but was I could tri- tell. I was like, is he really ready? I don't know that he's ready to come home. No, I mean, it was a pretty cool program. I mean, number one, that, uh, this, the setup was pretty free form. Like they basically, the Grand Canyon people just said, you know, go forth and do uh, do astronomy programming. So that's basically what I did. And and the the programs that I did, I ended up doing, I think, 12 different talks in the 22 days and um, where I did these talks for inside doing a program about the moon and uh, then outside doing star and constellation talks. And so I had the green laser out there and I was pointing out stars and constellations. And one of the, the big things things is just people are super psyched to be there. Like, I mean, when you have a, 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 an easy crowd, I mean, this is like people are there to see the night sky. And I was also thinking, you know, maybe they don't have a lot to do at night there either. So I was like the only (laughs) show in town. (laughs) I mean, that's not true. They were excited to see you. I'm sure. Well, so like one of the things that I do it's like we're out there outside and the we were at the visitor center behind the visitor center in this mm-hmm. dark part of the parking lot and like i had this little portable microphone and amplifier basically that i'm holding <laughs> like a karaoke machine yeah it's basically like that because there were so <laughs> many people we had uh it was like 160 people at my first outdoor talk Ooh. and then 200 plus at the second talk Ooh, word got around 
And uh, it was it was crazy. And so I just said, you know, how many people are excited to be out here uh, in the dark sky? And they were just like erupted. It was just like I felt like I was in like in a rock show a little bit. It was oh, like God. Uh, it was like. And the other thing is you weren't when, at a rock show. No, I wasn't at a rock show. <laughs> but this kidding. was That's this great. was the this was the equivalent for an astronomer is the rock show. It's like it was kind of a rock show, though. You're at the Grand Canyon. Ah, there's rock. Ah, but <laughs> comedy show. Okay. But it was uh, it was pretty incredible. All the clear skies. I mean, number one, seeing the Milky Way. Like when you step out of even like uh, you know, there's the the hotel there called El Tovar, and you step out of this hotel, which is brightly lit up on the inside, mm-hmm. and you go five feet away from the front door, and you can see the Milky Way overhead. I mean, it's just incredible the amount of the lights the lighting that they changed at the park uh to make it darker was was incredible um one night we had uh the uh the rangers had a little uh dinner and so i decided well i'll just walk over there Mm -hmm. and it was so dark i mean it was pitch black like i'm walking a half mile in this pitch black darkness Thinking, am I going the right way? And uh, it you was a flashlight or like one of those little lanterns or something. Uh, no, I brought a little headlamp. I did bring that, but okay. uh, I had no idea where I was going. And yeah, uh, and then the the first night when I uh, hiked down to Phantom Ranch, when I hiked down to the bottom of the canyon, yeah, um, our guest here, uh, Ranger Raider, he said, you know, the first night, he said, well, why don't you come on up? Uh, you know, after you get situated, you come on up. We'll 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 show you the the field. We'll do a little stargazing. Number one, I was so tired from hiking down, I wasn't too excited about that. But number two, I stepped out of my cabin, uh-huh. and his cabin was a half mile away up the canyon. Okay. I stepped out of my cabin in pitch blackness. I mean, utter darkness. That's terrifying. And, and I basically was like, nope, I'm not going up there tonight. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> well, I was going to get lost. I thought yeah. I was going to fall off of something. Yeah, it's not um, like rocky terrain <laughs> Yeah. Like walk, I mean, what do you mean? He's like, walk on up. So, but Yikes. after being down at Phantom Ranch for four nights, by the fourth night, I could have walked that blindfolded. It was like I'd walked that trip back and forth. It was just, it was just so cool that uh, you could just see so many stars out there. It was just, yeah, incredible. That's amazing. Um, you know, the story that I think all the listeners should hear, which is that was beautiful. You're right. The stars, et cetera, blah, blah. Um, amazing. I think you were almost, Fully ingested by a bobcat. That's the story that I think you should share with everybody yeah. today so they can know that we're so lucky to have you in more ways than one. <laughs> well, funny. I don't want to exaggerate it. Oh, I but do. I think it'd be I, hilarious. <laughs> I was very close to being eaten by a bobcat. I guess I was <laughs> relatively close, relatively close to being eaten by a bobcat. I don't want to exaggerate, but yes, exactly <laughs> what she said is what happened. Well, so uh, this was on my hike back up from the bottom of the Grand Canyon. And also a big, big uh, props out there to uh, Tyler Nordgren, who is the first astronomer residence. He helped me really like get prepared for hiking down. I'd never hiked to the bottom of the Grand Canyon before. And it was um, it went super smoothly. Uh, Ranger Raider got me down. Okay. Thank God and we then, interviewed Tyler. Yeah, I know it, it was good. <laughs> and I, I was, I was pretty much prepared for everything. And, and so the day that I left the bottom was, it was kind of, I had mixed feelings. It was such a beautiful place. It's like this, like garden of Eden down there in the desert. And, uh, so I'm leaving the river behind and I make the turn up the bright angel trail and, 
there's you know not very far up from the bottom there there was a, a deer that was across the path this this dead deer that was laying across the path and uh, I mean I was hiking by myself there was two people behind me about a uh, hundred feet and there was two people in front of me about five hundred feet and the people in front of me didn't say anything which I was like oh that's weird um, but I just like looked around and I was like well this deer something either bit its neck or something. Yeah. And I just said, well, I, I turned to the people behind me. I said, yeah, watch out. There's a dead deer here. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, it was really disturbing a little bit. And then I hike up a little bit farther and then about a mile up, uh, another ranger was coming down and I start talking to him and we talk about astronomy, of course, but then, uh, comes up the topic of the dead deer. He said, you see a dead deer? I said, yeah, I saw a dead deer. He's like, um, I think there's a bobcat that ate it. And I was like, what? So, uh, so apparently then, uh, Ranger Raider was called up from Phantom Ranch. He comes up there. They see the Bobcat chewing on the deer. They have to close down the trail for like an hour to try to get the Bobcat off to get, you know, let him go or whatever. So how big is a Bobcat? I mean, big enough to take um, down a deer. It sounds like big enough to take down a deer. Sorry for that deer. That's it. So the, the chain of events were the bobcat killed the deer, dropped it on the trail. I must have scared it away. Oh, my not, God. Not even knowing that I scared it away. Went on my way. He came back and started eating the deer. So there was a bobcat on the side of the trail looking at me, and I never saw it. And there we go. Maybe they could have been like, hey, take a Nerf gun with you. Take an air horn. Do something that you could just like. Let her rip and then scare off a dangerous, carnivorous, large no, cat. It, hey, you what you could have said is, I have cats at home. Be like, no, buddy, this is fine. In, instead, Here, I Here, kitty, com- kitty. <laughs> instead, I was completely ignorant, which was probably all that the might, best. So yeah, what would you I, that's, done? That's how close it was. Now, but there was, there was stories like this all around. I mean, there's like people that had fallen off of trails or oh, people got Lord. lost or people that walked to the bottom of the canyon. We had so many people who walked to the bottom of the canyon with no water and no place to stay. And they're like, so uh, what, what do we do now? And they're like, well, you got to go back up. <laughs> it's like a daily oh occurrence. But they don't, they just don't think that they can, they just like, oh, I'm, just, I'm here. Let's like accommodate me. It, wow. is, it is totally, uh, the, the, the scale of it is totally distorted. And you, you look down there and you think, oh yeah, I can, that's not very far, mm-hmm. but it's really five miles away. I mean, it's oh like, my God. You look, what you look is at places, happening? And that's only halfway down is five miles. So, uh, one of my, uh, my little public services to the, the parks were, you know, when I set up for set up telescopes and I did solar viewing also. So I set up a telescope with a solar filter and let people see mm-hmm. through that. Uh, so many people were, and I was right on the edge of the, the Canyon. So people could go see the Canyon, then come see the the telescope. Mm -hmm. And so many people said, Oh, look down there. Do you think I could hike down there? And, um, they asked you, yeah, they said, you know, how far is that? Do you think I could hike to that? And my answer always was no, no, you can't hike that. That is (laughs) a good service you were providing. You're like, I'm new here, but no, you cannot. Yeah. I did that. No, you can't do oh that. Oh my god! So, yeah, the the best one was um, the guy was like, when I said no, you can't do that. He said, well, how far is that thing down there? Which is halfway. It's a place called Havasupai Garden. It used to be called Indian Garden, uh-huh. and you could see it from the rim. It's five miles down or so. And he said, how far is that? And I was like, yeah, it's five miles. 
He's like, yeah, that's pretty far. He's like, well, where does the trail start? And I said, you know, half mile that way is where the trail starts. Half mile? I'm not walking that. <laughs> I thought I was going to do the five miles down. I thought the, I thought the trail's right here. I, was like, I can't start it. Oh, my Forget God, that. people. But, um, yeah, so it was it was a pretty incredible trip, uh, just doing a whole lot of hiking. But I got some super good luck, too. I mean, number one, I was there during a lunar eclipse. So I got mm-hmm. to see a lunar eclipse from the Grand Canyon. Um, the night after there was a, you know, the nearly full moon and we had a moon halo appeared. There were these things called moon dogs, these little bursts of light that are on opposite sides of the moon. Oh. They're kind of like sun dogs that you see around sunset, but I'd hardly ever seen a moon dog before. And then there was one night that I just stepped outside and the, the satellites went overhead, those Starlink satellites, those crazy UFO-like oh. lights. And I'm just out there like, what in the world is that? And it's just You like, were almost what? a crank file. <laughs> I was, I did have to think, when I first <gasps> saw them, I was like, what is that weird streak of light? Were you like looking around like, is anybody else seeing these? I did. There, Yeah, there was other people like uh, <laughs> that were out there. And um, finally, somebody behind me said, Am I seeing that? And I was like, I don't know what I'm seeing. And then it dawned on we could see the individual little dots <laughs> oh, of the, the okay. satellites. And um, so it was cool. I, I rushed in to to get Raider and pull him out there. He was like talking to some people. I was like, get out here. Go check this out. Don't <laughs> and I didn't I didn't explain. I didn't oh say God. like it's like get out here. And so he's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but um, that's great. But yeah, I think uh and I saw the, the, my my accommodations were just like the best. Like I had this little studio apartment, um, right on the rim. And so I could wake up every morning and look out and there was the, the grand Canyon in front of me and so many sunrises, sunsets, it snowed one day. That is insane to me. I had the full, I had the full thing. It was really, really incredible. So I will never forget it. And so I am glad to be back in Cincinnati, but uh, we got to get Raider to get me back there. I need to get back. It's like you just got back. <laughs> Nothing is that you had your birthday. You had the holidays. We're we're very early in 2022. Maybe you just why don't you just hang out for a minute? I don't know. Can I just work from there? Uh, oh my god! The, the, no, mm. no. I mean, honestly, I feel like if that is something that you are probably looking into right now as we speak, (laughs) you'll go back out. I'm sure it'll be fine. Raider will probably invite you back out. We're going to chat with him here. He's going to he's going (laughs) to talk about what a great job you did. So as long as we could have some better weather in Cincinnati, I that that'll make me feel a lot better once we get into get past this gloomy weather, get into spring that I think that'll, that'll perk me up, I think. Well, I think I'd like some snow. <laughs> Sorry. We're, we stand divided on that. But yes, glad to have you home. Glad it was a great experience. And uh, I'm, I'm sure glad you didn't get eaten by the bobcat. It's not funny. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad. Not Me funny. too. Me yeah. too. So folks have... Uh, that would put a damper on the trip. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> folks out there that are listening have any other uh, national parks that they think we should go visit mm-hmm. and uh, do some astronomer residences at... Uh, I'm going to look into it, but let us know and uh, let us know if you have any other Grand Canyon questions. Be happy to answer those too.
Well, we're really excited to have Night Sky Ranger for the National Park Service, Raider Lane, join us today. I met Raider five years ago at the Grand Canyon Star Party. This is the place where amateur astronomers set up lots and lots of telescopes for like more than a thousand people to view every single night. And he has recently started a new program called the Astronomer in Residence, which brings astronomy experts to live and work in the canyon. So Raider, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's both an honor and a pleasure. Well, so you happen to have the coolest title in all of Parkdom, United States, the world, the universe, Night Sky Ranger. How did you get to that lofty title and what do you do with that title? I agree. It is it is a very cool title, and uh, it took it took several years uh, for me to get into that position, uh, and that's really part of a, a, a growing cohort of other park rangers in the National Park Service who are specializing in protecting the resource and sharing the resource of the night skies with with visitors to the parks. Uh, but really, my my story starts about eleven years ago when I. Uh, took a, a a job at Grand Canyon National Park as a, an intern in college riding the shuttle buses for uh, uh, several months. And at uh, the tail end of that, that first season, they allowed me to give one program, uh, a geology lecture in the park. And I, I prepared all summer for it. And it was this big event. And, you know, I got there and there was about eight or nine people there. And I gave this 20 minute geology lecture to to this group. And afterwards, this, this old guy comes up to me and he says, uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty good. And, uh, <laughs> that was all I needed was that little bit of affirmation. And I just kept crawling back to grand Canyon every summer for the next several years, uh, in, increasingly working with the night skies program here uh, until they finally just got annoyed with me and said, just give him a permanent job. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> so, uh, that's kind of how I ended up where I am now. <laughs> I know the the applause of crowds and the adulation. I mean, it's like, uh, oh, yeah, it, it's what it's what we live for. Anna, too, we live for that, right? Uh, yeah, some of us in this group get more applause than others, so I don't really like it that. Uh, but I, I can see how it'd be amazing. Love Indeed, us. it was. <laughs> uh, well, you so looking kind of uh, learning more about you. You've worked in Hawaii and at Big Cypress and Bryce Canyon, and now the Grand Canyon. So. I'm just curious, kind of leading off of or coming from Dean's question, where did you get your love for both parks and, and maybe even more specifically a, a clear, dark night sky? Well, you mentioned I worked in a few other national parks and I actually grew up in a military family. We we traveled around a lot. I was born in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, in the southern uh -huh. hemisphere and moved to various states, you know, moved to the United States along the, the U.S.-Mexico border. So always had this sort of elusive sense of home and uh, was able to come across a famous quote by Thomas Carlyle when I was uh, uh, younger, uh, why did not somebody teach me the constellations and make me at home in the starry heavens, which are always overhead, which I don't half know to this day. And that just struck a chord with me. And ever since then, I realized I could find home and have that sense of comfort and, and, and recognition wherever I was, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, if I started to study the night skies, the stars, the constellations. And uh, I, I took that very seriously from a young age. And so I've sort of been an amateur astronomer my whole life and moving into these national parks where uh, we're, we're understanding nowadays, especially that these are increasingly becoming the last sanctuaries for true 
natural darkness, for pristine night skies, uh, being able to live in these places, uh, you just, you become familiar with the night sky, whether you want to or not. And, uh, and I happen to really love the night skies, the stories, the science, the history, the mythology behind it. And, uh, and so just living in virtue of living in these places for, for the last 11 years, uh, I've just, uh, become increasingly familiar with, with the night skies and, and to, to, to add on to the question you had asked earlier, you know, the, the night sky rangers in the national park service, uh, our whole point is to share that with visitors. So we're, we're concentrating on, uh, how we can bring the resource of the, the value of the dark, of dark night skies, the threats of light pollution and the, you know, really the complex relationships we all have with natural darkness uh, to, to our visitors. And so that involves giving constellation programs, uh, hosting astronomical festivals, night sky festivals, star parties, uh, putting on programs like the Astronomer in Residence program, uh, making videos that explore uh, these ideas and various other ideas, all sorts of amazing ideas are coming through uh, these night sky rangers in the national parks. And uh, it's just a joy to uh, continue to explore the night skies night by night. And speaking of the astronomer residence program, you're, you're basically the, the brainchild of this idea of, uh, of getting these astronomy experts to come and live in the, the park. And tell us how that come about. Well, you were there really at the inception, Dean. I mean, several years ago, we were we were sort of brainstorming ideas, and I remember coming up to you one night at Grand Canyon Star Party, and uh, sort of pitching you the idea. You thought it was a, a fantastic idea, and uh, well, years later, uh, it manifested. And uh, really, the idea was based off of the the Artist in Residence program, which is established in many national parks and other organizations around the country and, and indeed the world, uh, where you just have somebody come on site to immerse themselves in the resource and practice their discipline in the resource and come up with products that they uh, either donate to the park and or share with the visitors uh, and and sort of explore the, the various facets of, of national parks. Here, we wanted to take a slightly different approach. We wanted to dig deep into a single resource that is the night skies and explore the, the myriad ways that we can interpret, understand, and celebrate the, the night skies. And so the astronomer in residence program is really a catch-all uh, phrase to invite astronomers, both amateur and professional, um, outreach edu educators, uh, but not only that, artists, writers, visual and performing artists uh, of all kinds, musicians even, uh, to come and, and practice their discipline under one of the most pristine night skies in the United States. And, uh, and so through these various media, uh, we, we hope to sort of build a whole that's greater than the sum of its parts when it comes to the, uh, you know, the holistic uh, nature of, of dark skies. Yeah. I think uh, when you brought this up the first time, I don't think you got past the word and we want somebody to live at the grand. And before you finish that, I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you were, you were very excited and we were hoping we could get you, uh, but you had to go through a various rigorous process. I mean, there were, there were a ton 
of excellent applicants for at least your your stint here at Grand Canyon. And, uh, you know, you, you proposed a work plan, um, that we just, we, we couldn't let up. And, uh, and so it was, it was a rigorous objective search and, and you, you, ro- you rose to the top and we are so glad that we, we got to, to, uh, have you here at the Grand Canyon because boy, it was, it was, it was a pretty fun month, uh, of, of outreach. And, uh, I certainly will, will remember that for, for a long while. Ugh, okay, whatever. Why don't you just tell us about the trouble that Dean caused or any funny mistakes? Did he like trip at all? Did he ride? Did he ride any kind of burrow or donkey? I keep asking and he won't say that he did. I need something, Raider. I mean, what am I supposed to do? This is too, I need something. What did he do that like, how did he mess things up? What did he, what did he mix up down there? What happened? Unfortunately, he was incredible, and it was you know he's, he was uh, he's he's one you know without buttering him up too much he's one of the greatest observational astronomers outreach astronomers Ugh. in the country and uh, you know the 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 joy on people's faces you know or well you can't really see their faces but you could hear their joy in the darkness uh, it was it was astounding I mean some nights he would have you know upwards of two hundred visitors uh, outside under an incredible night and just the eruption of oohs and ahs and laughter and uh and joy of people experiencing this uh with with dean giving this program uh it, it was just amazing to to see and uh yeah you know he coming we, we went down to phantom ranch he gave several nights of programs down there we used the telescopes uh on various nights he did solar observing uh at the canyon for visitors uh he did uh, some online uh, uh, shows and, and, and some indoor PowerPoint presentations and all of them went off without a hitch. Uh, so just an, an incredible experience. The one thing I will say, it was, it was, now I'm perking it was, up. It was, it was, a, it was really interesting to see Dean as someone who I respect as really a true observational astronomer, because there are astronomers who will come to the Grand Canyon and, uh, know all the th- the theoretical physics and all the all the astrophysics of the night skies but but not know the night sky itself mm-hmm. not 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 be familiar with the constellations and the stars dean is highly familiar with the uh the constellations and the stars but it was very interesting to watch dean sort of sort of face the pristine darkness of grand canyon it's like he had to come back and be reminded oh yeah i can actually make out the dimmest constellations like Pisces, like Lacerda and him trying to like, sort of like, Oh yeah, there, there it is. There it is. And like sort of getting, getting that sort of back and warmed up in his mind from, from coming uh, from Ohio to, to, to the, to Arizona skies. It was really beautiful to watch that, um, that revealing of the night skies into his mind and, and therefore to visitors. Yeah. And that was really cool that you saw that too, is that first night at Phantom Ranch at the first night sky program. And I start do my introduction and everything. And then I look, I'm like, Oh my God, what? Oh my God. Where's all. Oh, Oh, and like <laughs> I probably, I probably did. I probably even said, Oh, and then, then it clicked in and I was like, okay, there, there it was. But yeah, it was, it was like a whole new world. It was like, wait, this is, this is like the planetarium at home. All right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's the, the, that's the beautiful thing about the pristine night skies at Grand Canyon is that not only can, can you see the, 
the Milky Way, but it's, it's, you know, people say that 80% of people can't see the Milky Way from where they live uh, today in the United States. But, you know, the, the truth is when the Milky Way, by the time the Milky Way is gone, there is a, a whole nother layer of fragile celestial phenomena that have been, uh, have been washed out by light pollution and watching you, uh, recognize the Andromeda galaxy and recognizing Pisces. And I think even one night we were trying to find Uranus naked eye, you know, I mean, this is, these are utterly fragile night sky phenomena that are, uh, are, are gone with even the slightest light pollution. And, uh, and so that's, that would, that was part of the joy for me at least. Yeah. The only one regret that I had is that I did not get a good trail nickname, you know, like all oh, the, yeah. the, He's been talking the, about the this. all the people hiking down the trail, there was Tex. there was, you know, and you and can't I was, ask for a nickname, Dean. It has to just be, I know it just has to come naturally. I mean, I was going to give Raider the nickname stretch. I thought that was going to be a good trail nickname. He doesn't need um, one. His name is Raider. It's cool. Well, I know that's Very true. Cool. And then we could add Smiley and Sandy. That was the other two Rangers. That's what I was nicknaming oh, like them, that. Smiley and Sandy. You know who I'm talking about, probably. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. And <laughs> well, and you you had the honor of bestowing a nickname, though, uh, to a star in the night sky. Uh, uh, you might want to tell that story, you know, really quick of uh, oh. our special experience down at Phantom. Oh, yeah. Down at Phantom Ranch, they um, and the, we they were talking about, oh, we need a star for the Phantom Ranch. And, and which star is ours? And so I was tasked with that. And I picked the star Algol, which is uh, in Perseus, the uh, Medusa's head star. Mm-hmm. And we dubbed that the Phantom Ranch star. And uh, I think the the ranchers really, uh, I think I think I picked a good one for them. I think they really like that. They're still talking about it to this day. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, it was it was an, a very appropriate star to pick, and just an incredible thing to do uh, down at the bottom of the Grand Canyon, you know, amongst the billion-year-old Vishnu Schist basement rocks. Uh, it was it was just Amazing. an incredible experience for 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 you to to do this for our visitors. So we we very much appreciate it. Oh, uh, well, I will definitely never forget it and hope I can visit again soon. And uh, it's just a great experience. And I can't thank you enough for, for having the initiative to put this all together. I think it's a program that's going to live a long time and, and probably be uh, expanded to other parks, too. At least I hope so. I hope so, too. We're already starting um, to talk with other national parks about, uh, starting this program. It is a nation program, but like you said, uh, the night skies are undoubtedly the most popular programs that we give here at Grand Canyon national park by many factors. And, uh, myself and our nonprofit partner, Grand Canyon Conservancy, who helps to fund, uh, the astronomer residence program and many other, uh, uh, programs in the park uh, to to support night skies. You know, we're working to really augment all our programming so that we hopefully become the largest, most complex international dark sky park in the world and a hub for sharing uh, pristine night skies with with the world and and the threats of light pollution and, and all of that together. Because there's really no else nowhere else on earth that you have so much visitation, so much infrastructure yet um, able to maintain so much, uh, pristine natural darkness. It's really a unique situation. And hopefully you, you got a, a good glimpse of that with your time here. 
Yeah, I definitely noticed it. I mean, from the first time I was there in 2016, it's it's so much darker now. And uh, I think uh, we owe that a lot to the work you've done and a lot of the work that the the, the parks have done. It's just great. And uh, But uh, Raider, thanks so much for taking the time and uh, joining us today for the podcast. We wish you uh, good luck and uh, have a great rest of the year out at Grand Canyon. Hopefully I'll get out there again soon. Well, thank you so much for having me. And yes, we're gonna we're gonna come knocking when Grand Canyon Star Party comes uh, comes around. So hopefully we'll <laughs> we'll get to celebrate on site this year. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, we've been talking with Raider Lane, uh, Night Sky Ranger for the National Park Service. For more information about his astronomy programs in the Grand Canyon, visit our website wvxu.org/lookingup. So you drove out to the Grand Canyon. It's far. It's across the country. You're, one of your interests is weird roadside attractions. Well, you got to look at something when you're driving 2,000 miles. I mean, it was, uh, I guess man, I true. can't believe how big the country is. It was incredibly long. Yeah. So you had, you know, so, so let's, we're going to, we're going to talk about, we're going to do two truths and a lie, essentially Dean road trip, Grand Canyon edition. So we're going to talk about two real places you visited and one fake one. So two that I actually visited, one that I did not actually visit, which may or may not exist. We didn't even double check if this actually does exist. That's true, but it's, you know, let's see. All right. So are you ready? I'm ready. The deepest hand dug well, number one. Okay. The world's largest corn maze, number two. Okay. And the giant blue whale is number three. Yes. Now so let's look at those. That's right. Two are real. Let's One. see. So the deepest hand dug well, the world's right. largest corn maze, and a giant blue whale, the whale of Katuza. That's right. Did what I, are the which, think? which, yeah, listeners, we can weigh in here before we give the, uh, the answer, but, right. um, absolutely. I went to the great blue whale, the whale of Katusa. Uh, this was a, a really weird roadside attraction. <laughs> it was set up in this little man-made pond, uh, this giant, you know, kind of, I almost think it was styrofoam, but it wasn't styrofoam, <laughs> but it was this giant blue whale. You could walk into its mouth, climb up on top of it. It was totally falling apart. Oh my god! Really, really cool. Loved every minute of it being there. That and that's one's in Oklahoma, true. right? That is in Oklahoma. Yes, on the way to Tulsa. So random. Uh, so that was really good. So that one's yes. Uh, the other one that was yes was the deepest hand dug well that I went to, which was in Kansas, and it was unbelievably cool. Like the the they had this visitor center. So some, you know, this group of people dug this well a long, long time ago uh-huh. and, um, then they kept it around and they made this gorgeous visitor center on top of it that had this spiral staircase. You could go down into the well and they had the world's largest palisite meteorite. This is a meteorite Ooh. that fell from space, landed in the, in the, the plains and uh, they wouldn't let me touch it, but still, it was there. I got to see it. Um, so that means that the one that I did not see was the world's largest corn maze, which may or may not it's exist. It's in somewhere. California. It doesn't. Oh, I didn't. Make I might go see it. I don't know. You're the only person who likes a road trip. Actually, I don't like road trip. I like to travel though. So yeah. maybe I'll go check it out. You don't know. 
Yeah. So there were a couple, I also went to the, the 10 Cadillacs. That's the 10 Cadillacs that are buried in the, Oh the, yeah. The, the, the ground in um, Amarillo, Texas. Mm-hmm. There's a sun dagger sculpture in Gallup, New Mexico, which was cool. The sunlight comes through these two things and casts a shadow, which was really cool. Um, mm. There is the musical highway. That's uh, where you drive on this part of the road and has rumble strips on it. So yeah. as you, your, your car runs on it, it, it plays America the Beautiful. Are you serious? Yeah. You have to go 45 miles an hour. It plays America the Beautiful. Did it work? And it did oh. not work great. Oh. <laughs> I don't know when they made it in the 80s or 90s, but um, a lot of the rumble strips are gone. So it was like, oh, man, oh, man, and uh, yeah. It's so not was perfect. Some, it wasn't perfect. And the sign was gone too. So I didn't know when it actually started. You didn't hear like, the song America the Beautiful no, to know it started. You're like, beginning. wait a minute, it's not working. I know. So that one they need to work on. Mm. But uh, Still sounds fun though. It was great. I always love a good roadside attraction. I look at Atlas Obscura or uh, roadside attractions for any of those. So folks are out there, see any other ones for when I go out to the Grand Canyon again, let me know. I'm probably not going to drive at this time, but um, you've, you've done some road trips. What's, what's your your favorite roadside attraction? Um, Probably the favorite, my favorite roadside attraction. (laughs) Yeah. went. Um, my husband and I went uh, a couple years ago, um, to, and we were, I forget what we were doing where we just went on a little trip and we came across the Bernheim forest in Kentucky. And it's basically this like giant wooden sculptures. Like they have the, they're called the giants and it's in this beautiful arboretum. It's, um, outside Louisville, like South of Louisville. Um, and it's absolutely like the, one of the weirdest places, but it's so gorgeous and it's not only a beautiful setting, but you just come across these huge sculptures. And I will say that there was also a flea market that had a lazy river around it. And we skipped that, but I was like kind of tempted because I like both those things, but yes, the, uh, Bernheim forest, I highly recommend. It was really fun, really a beautiful spot and that you would actually like that uh dean you you should you guys should head down there you'd like oh it. yeah i saw pictures of it it yeah. is like totally in it's keeping of tale. what i would want to see on a road trip so exactly. hmm, i'm gonna have to put that on yeah, the list yeah i can do weird stuff too man i can stop at random places i know well <laughs> and to bring it back to astronomy i did that. go to some astronomical things too oh, I, I went to the uh, lowell observatory in flagstaff arizona which is amazing i love lowell observatory and then on the way back, went to a little observatory called Morrison that's in Missouri and uh, Fayette. Uh, so got to see my historic telescopes places. Of course. But phew, man, what a road trip. So yeah, when I think about uh, all those hours on the road, I am definitely glad to be back in Cincinnati. Well, we're glad to have you. That's it for this episode of Looking Up. Thanks again to Ranger Raider Lane for joining us today. Make sure you also subscribe to this podcast, Looking Up, wherever you get your audio. And if you're an Apple podcast user, we'd really appreciate a rating and comment. That helps people to find us. Do you have any topic or guest ideas for us? We'd love to hear from you. Find us on Facebook or Twitter or drop us a note at lookingup@wvxu.org. Also send us your weirdest roadside attractions. We should we oh, make a list. That'd be amazing. We get an RV. And we just pictures too. Oh, absolutely. And our theme song and additional music is by Y, that's W-H-Y question mark, from their album Moline, courtesy of Joyful Noise Recordings and Terrorbird Media. 
Looking Up is a production of Cincinnati Public Radio. We're produced by Josh Elstro, and Jim Nolan provides additional web assistance. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Anna Heeman. And I'm Dean Regas. Keep looking up.